Gold XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please remember to drop a sub, drop a like, and leave your thoughts down below in the comments. With that, we will see you guys in the podcast. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to be here. Let's go. Dude, I feel like I feel like it wasn't that long ago when we last talked, but I was looking back, I think it's like 14 episodes or something like that. Yeah, I know I was in my last job before this. It was probably like around the winter time-ish, yeah? No, before that, we put one out, I think, uh, see, look how I'm working the shameless plug into this. The last episode that you should also go listen to is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did it go? Oh, damn, it was April. April, oh, damn, okay. Not too long ago, five months. Yeah, it wasn't that long. But I feel like in the podcast world, I was like, every t- I was like about to hit you, and I was like, oh, it's only been episode like it was like late fifties, and then like before I knew it, we were on late seventies, and I was like, oh, it's time to get him back. Hey, yeah. Well, I guess it happens quick, right? If you get a lot of people lined up, you knock them out. Yeah, for sure. That's the hardest thing. It like comes in like um, like ebbs and flows because. Like, when you get a lot of people lined up, like, you don't want to book too far out because then if you talk about something current and then you release it, like, a month later, nobody cares anymore. But also, by the same token, you can, like, pick and choose the ones where it's, like, like, me and you can go, I can, like, release it a month later because we'll just talk about whatever. Yeah. But, like, for example, like, the international relations guy, like, that had to go out, like, that week because yeah. he was talking about the current events in Ukraine and all the other stuff. So yeah. it's weird, man. And then like you get some lined up and then you're like, Oh, I don't have to message anyone anymore. And then before you know it, you're like, fuck, I don't have anybody anymore. <laughs> Dude, that's the business. I mean, that's the job. It's what you get yourself into. Yeah. It's not bad though. I don't mind it. I like it. Yeah. We also got our first like subscriber on anchor. Wait, that's, so that's cool. sick. So it's kind of like Patreon or Twitch, I guess. First, first sub, last six. Nice. Doing that big things, awesome. man. Doing big things. It's been weird. I don't know. We take it. We move. Yeah, growth is growth, dude. You can't get to you know a thousand before you get to one. Yeah, but it takes so long to get to like. I don't know if you noticed this when you were doing TikTok, but the growth has been like nothing, 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 and then like all of a sudden, like I've got like a third of the plays like total plays in the podcast in the last like two and a half months. And I've been doing this for like two plus years now. Dude, that is literally every social platform. You know what? That is literally anything that you get success from. That's literally how it happens. Like anything that you get success from over a long period of time, that's just how it all happens in everything. Yeah, it has to. Because, yeah. like, it starts to compound. And like, it's so hard to start something. And then, and then what? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And so, it because, and then once you get the ball rolling and once you get your little network, like, worked up and you get things, like, in an efficient way where you're not struggling for every, like, little thing. Yeah. Then it starts to, like, compound on itself and it just makes it easier. It's cool. The patience, though, is, like, bonkers. For a while, like, probably about six months ago, when we talked, actually, I was, like, 
not considering stopping, but like also I was like, I've been doing this for two years and I've gotten basically nothing out of it except for like, I've learned a lot, but I've gotten nothing quantifiable out of it. So right. what am I doing? But the numbers go up and it makes you, it gets you motivated to do more. Yeah, man. I, um, there's a book, you know who Ed Milet is? I don't. No, he's just a motivational speaker. I mean, he's got so much money. Like, he's just, he's a really great person, I think, you know, from what I've seen. But he has a book called The Power of One More. And just in the book, he says, and this, I guess, might be a little tougher for you. But he talks about, obviously, you have your big goals. But you, you want to have big goals as well as, like, kind of move the needle goals. Like, you want to be able to quantify the little things you do well because of exactly what you're saying. Like if all you're focused on is achieving the big goal and you don't give yourself or let yourself get any credit for the little stuff on the way, it's like hard. Cause I get it. Like even when, you know, you're saying like you got your first subscriber and that's awesome. But it's even when over this whole period of time you've been at zero, it's like trying to find other ways to like quantify your success other than just like subscribers. Cause your big goal might be a hundred subscribers, but it's like, there's other ways to like be happy with what you've been doing too. So I know it's tough. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, um, it's just how you look at it, right? Like I, one of the other things that all the big people say is like, if you get into this to make money, like you're not going to go anywhere. And so I had always been like, I'm just doing, I, I enjoy doing it, but it was getting to a point where it was like getting to be almost like a time sink. Um, but also not, it's like, I enjoy this personally, but like you're planning a wedding. It's like, all right, so now what? Like, where's the priorities lie? Mm. And then that's where you get to time management. But if you're, I don't know. I was never in it for, I, I didn't start this for money. Because if I did, like, I would have been looking at all, like, the how to beat YouTube books and, like, all these things. And, like, yeah. I just I just want to talk to people. Like, if people like it, that's great. And if people don't, then... Yeah, man, you've had don't. that you've had that stance since our first episode. That I remember, I feel like I remember you saying the same kind of thing the first time we talked, which is over a year ago now. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's like you, you can't even think about it, really. Because if you start thinking about, like, Oh, what if I get this one more subscriber? If I get this one more view, then I'll hit a hundred. Like you just gotta like, not you just gotta go and not yeah. worry about that stuff. Because when you start to worry about that stuff, then you start like deleting and reposting and like doing stuff that isn't helpful for mental health. Also, yeah. like, if if you like are worried, like because nobody knows why some stuff does well and some stuff doesn't like you can't tell dude yeah there's no science to it everybody talks about it like there's eight gazillion youtube videos out there about every algorithm on all the social media platforms but i that i agree with you like there's i'm sure like certain guidelines to follow to like have success but it's so like i think it's it's mostly just bs what people say about you supposed to this time or you should post this length, or you should, I mean, maybe length for, you know, the instant gratification. Everybody wants to have shorter content nowadays, but for the most part, yeah, I, I think that there is not a ton of, like, concrete info about what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. The only one who really did it, I think, was, like, Mr. Beast. 
I was thinking, yeah. I was yeah. Like, but there's a reason why he's that. Like, he spent a just a stupid amount. Of, like, that's all he did for, like, 12 hours a day for... Yeah. I saw, yeah, the years. interviews he's had, yeah. And it's, and it's kind of like, when I was talking with uh, Kevin a couple episodes ago, he, he's a video game designer, and he was saying, like, well, is that good to have that, like, hyper-competitive drive in people? And I was like, well, there's there's both ways, right? Like, you don't want, like, the people at the top are the way they are because they have it, but then it's not good for, like, people who are don't have the talent to get there. And so it's like you can't really – you don't really want to tell people to not be that way because then you're, like, telling people, no, you're never going to make it. Like, you don't want to tell people that. But also, like, to have some regular guy be, like, the worst loser in the world and then because he's a regular guy and he loses all the time, just be, like, an absolute, like, prick to be around. Like, you don't want that either. It's always weird. I don't know. Life is weird. Yeah. There's so many different avenues you can go down on any topic. I hear you. It's almost like, who was I talking to the other day? I don't remember. Maybe it was, I don't know. Basically, I was like, all the problems in the world are so compounded now, but like, because, because there's so many variables where it was like before, because of the internet, basically. It's like, there's so many variables now. Like you look at dating or finding a job or like, the possibilities are infinite, but also then it makes people want to like seek out the best of the best. And so like that middle group just kind of gets left. Well, ish. you make a great point in that there are like endless opportunities. You know, it's, it's honestly a problem because mm-hmm. we become scared to choose any path. Exactly. Not sure it's the best one. Um, but I think I, I heard Gary Vee like say this kind of thing. And it's something that I've been trying to check myself for recently. Like your own personal happiness. I, the problem is I think we get away from like our own personal happiness. And what I mean is like with the internet, with, you know, every, all the different things that go on and all the different influences that we have these days, like it's too easy to have like your judgment clouded by just everything that there is. Gary, basically, back to what Gary was saying, he was like, I have friends that I met, like, playing beer league softball that make 60K a year, and they're the happiest guys I've ever met. Yeah. And it's like, you have, like, I think that's where the true, like, purpose in life is, because it, it involves a lot of, we got to do a lot of digging, because there's so many things that, like, I feel like, if, you're, if your actual inner happiness is here, there's so many things that are on top of it, they, like, they disguise themselves as happiness, but really, they're instant gratification, or they're you trying to fill a void in yourself from somebody else and their approval or like things like that. And I think it's great. The internet kind of can shine a light on that because you see other people's experiences and you see some of the really wise people out there that talk about these things. But then at the same time, I've, it's like, Oh wow. That was like a beautiful piece of psych- psychological information. Let me scroll to the next reel and like, yeah. see, uh, <laughs> like a cat or some, some shit. Like it's <laughs> a cat jumped out of the way of a cucumber. Yeah, literally, literally just like insanity. So it's, yeah. But but I think even to your point of like scrolling to the next one is like, we still remember that that piece of advice, even if we keep scrolling. Like, 
Yeah. Like we're going to scroll because that's how it goes. But then that's something that we like have remembered. I feel like this could be totally, totally off base because I'm not talking to anybody who's like older about this, but I feel like the, the younger generation who is taking in kind of the, like the Gary V's of the world and like Mm -hmm. the Rogan's and like all these people that have been super successful who are just putting their advice out there. It's free advice. Like I, I think like 30 years ago, if you wanted to talk to somebody that's successful, you'd have to either get so lucky or like you would never hear anything from them except maybe an interview here or there. But these people are just putting what, 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 like what worked for them, what didn't work for them. Like, it's free advice that's just out yeah. there, out there to consume. And like, if you find the right, the right ones, like there's, um, you know who Anthony Pompliano is? Sounds familiar. He's like a crypto guy, but like, and you don't have to be into crypto, but like he's super big into Bitcoin. And if you want to learn about Bitcoin, you can go talk, like listen to this guy, hours and hours and hours of content, right? Gary Vee the most sales oriented person that's ever lived on the face of the earth. Right. You want to learn how to make it in sales him. Like even Mark Cuban has gone on podcasts and talked about what works for him and what doesn't work for him. Like these people that we would never have had had access to like however long ago, like they're on enough podcasts where somebody is going to have asked them the question that you would have wanted to ask them. And you just got to find it. Now I think that's something that, like in the click culture, the instant gratification culture, like there's that long form content that exists that people are putting out there and people just have to go find it. It's like, I don't know. What do you think about, what do you think about that? I completely agree. I mean, I completely agree, but it's, it is just a two edged sword. I mean, like anything. And I guess that's kind of the, um, the problem. And I mean, I, I look at myself in the mirror, like saying this, there is great content, but there's also just, like, an insane amount of, like, crappy content. Of course. And what I, I guess what I mean, like, if we get back to the scrolling analogy, ideally, we're listening to the long-form stuff, the podcasts of the inspirational people that can we can learn a ton from. And, like, I like to think that, that I'm continuing to push towards only absorbing as much of that as I can. And I haven't – I've been off TikTok for a while. Like, I don't have the app. I, you know, it's just, I can't, but, um, just absorbing as much of the long form content from very inspirational people as possible. And then like limiting in the, have you read the compound effect? I've not. That's the book that's held up, but it's a great book, but he makes an analogy, just garbage in garbage out, like in your life in any form and social media is a great example. When you, input garbage into your mind which is it's crap so the freaking vast majority is junk like i'm just i'm really starting to realize and like take a stand on that it's there's just so much crap on social media and when you're absorbing mostly that and then the occasional like like i'm saying the 15 to 30 second psychological like real it's not it will have an effect and just like you're saying there's something to be said for just the access to that, you know, that 30 years ago, they didn't have even the access to that 15 to 30 second clip. But I think it's important, like, for true improvement and development as a person, you really have to adjust what you're bringing in. And then, you know, 
change your your social media kind of what's the word uh, intake consumption intake consumption habits yeah 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 no i agree for sure that's like uh i think we talked about this last time or maybe the time before it's like even though you and i produce content right your reels are hilarious and there's a certain amount of truth to all of them though that's the that that's kind of what makes it funny all right that is what makes it funny it's like there's a certain amount of truth to like to what you're putting out and you and i don't put out similar forms of content but we're on those platforms but we don't really consume that much like yeah like i consume long form stuff and it's often when I'm driving somewhere or like doing something else. And it's really weird. We we definitely touched on this last time, but it's really weird that those who are producing content like are just like, nope, I'm gonna be go do other things. Like I'm not gonna scroll as hard well, as that is. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like we know that it's like we know inherently like by accident the dangers of it. Yeah, man. That you make a phenomenal point. I'm glad you say that because sometimes I'm unsure. I'm like, okay, like I'm making this stuff, but am I like, am I the only one who makes it, but then doesn't really watch it all? I don't scroll through because my thing now is Instagram Reels. Like that's really what I for my realtor page. That's what I consistently post. I never scroll through Reels. I never watch Reels. Like if someone sends me one, I'll look at it, but I, I'm never like sitting there like scrolling through. Like maybe I'll even go. At, at the very oh no, I don't even do that. I was gonna say maybe I'll go on like the NFL page and like look through highlights, but I don't even do that. No, like I, it's just yeah, man. You made a great point, and I think maybe part of the reason is okay to be successful, like with any kind of media, you know, you mm-hmm. really consistency is the key. Talked about that before. I think we talked about that in the last episode, but or maybe two, whatever. But consistency is the key. Cons- to be like truly consistent in something like we're saying that you have to put in the work for a long period of time and not see the outcome, basically not get the instant gratification, what does that say about you? That means you are not as affected or, like, what uh, I guess you don't crave that instant gratification type content as much. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you're making a whole whatever venture, whether it's your podcast or, for me, my real estate career, out of, you know, you're doing something that's very long-term, Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get the quote-unquote gratification from it for, for a while, you know. And when you kind of get that taste, like, for that, like, when you kind of harden yourself to that and become, like, okay, I'm cool, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling, I'm still going to keep pumping out episodes, stuff like that, I think that changes your taste in content consumption, too. Like, yeah, I don't need the instant gratification from Reels. I would rather listen to a longer piece of inspirational content from somebody that I really admire, you know, yeah. not to, you know, watch reels like that. I think, and I think you can say that about a lot of influencers and stuff, because as much as, even if their content isn't as much in alignment with like ours, like there is no truth to it. Maybe it's just straight comedy or it's just a gaming. I don't know. You know, they still have like a level of consistency with what they do and they don't necessarily need that instant gratification. Yeah. It's almost like a, yeah, a hundred percent. And I've noticed that about myself, the content that I can consume from, I'll say like four or five years ago to now, um, it's changed a lot, but also not really like I was, I, I got started to get into podcasts and long form content like four or five years ago, but now I've settled on like a, a handful of 
Like, do you know Lex Friedman? Who? Lex Friedman. I've definitely, is that an author? He's a, probably he's written a book. He's an AI scientist at MIT, AI and robotics scientist. I feel like that name, Friedman, sounds like a very familiar name. To me. Yeah, he's sure. been on Rogan a bunch of times, but his guests are not all sciencey people. He just wants to talk to people and explore the world. But he doesn't have a like, like a lot of a lot of those now have like a. He doesn't really get caught up in I'll say like the culture wars the same way a lot of the other people do, and I got tired of that, so I shifted off. Like Rogan is in it just because people bring him into it, but like he doesn't really want to be in it either. And like we talked about before, I don't really listen to him for him. Like once you listen to five of his episodes, you know where he is on like most things, which is basically like leave people alone and let them smoke weed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you, like if you really boil it down, like that's kind of where he is. It's basically just like leave people alone. Um, but I listen to him for his ability to interview because he gets information out of, and we talked about this before as well. He gets information out of really cool people. So those are the two that I've kind of like settled on. And it's just like, it's just the stories of the people that they have on, what they're yeah. interested in, how they worked towards the different things, what hurdles they had to cross. Uh, and since they're like super long conversations, they'll touch on like a variety of things. But it's not, it's not like, um, like if you go to like a Hassan Piker podcast or like a Tim Pool, like both on opposite sides of the spectrum, but like it's just constant. Yeah, I've like, seen a little bit of Hassan Piker. Yeah, but it's just constant. It's just constant. Like this guy on the other side said this, and that guy on the other side said that, and it's just like I don't care anymore. I don't care. Yeah, you know. So that's shifted for me a lot um, as I've been doing this. I don't know. It's also interesting you brought up real estate and like the like the work without the growth. Because I'm, yeah, I'm about to jump into that. I've been taking the class and stuff, and um, I fully expect that to be the same. And so the podcast was almost like a nice little, like, learning dry run almost. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, it is. I mean, what's interesting about real estate, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff about real estate. But the more that I'm in it and the more I can be, around people who've been in it a long time and talk to uh, I've been really lucky just to be around the people that I've been around. Um, but it's just not as cut and dry as like at all, I guess, as you, as not you, but I thought of it before I got in the business is I think anybody thinks about it before they get in the business. Like people talk about selling and buying houses, but one, one thing about real estate is like I quickly learned experience pretty much any agent you don't say selling and buying houses you just say making deals deals because they come in so many different forms and shapes and there's different things you have to add on and subtract and take account for there's different types of people they're buying cash they're buying um they're buying they're they're financing they're going to give you they're going to take some money off because you're going to give them this couch. Like it, th there's a million different things that just go into it. So it's just, it's very interesting field for sure. And I think it's a lot different than in, in it than it is when you're just kind of on the outside looking in. Yeah. I'm excited. I think, um, 
a lot of it will come down to, well, this is most jobs really, but I was on the phone with um, somebody today um, and he was asking me questions about like how I dealt with certain situations at work. And um, like, really it comes down to like communication and do you trust the people? Do the people trust you? Are they going to go to bat for you? Because then it's like, and I, it, it's just like, can you build a relationship that they trust your recommendation or your, right? Cause it, cause you're most of the time, you're not, you're never making decisions for other people. You never want to make decisions for other people. You want to give them what you recommend. And then if they trust you, then you can give them the here's why and here's why not. And that's yeah. what I think, but you do you mm-hmm. and like that. And like when you're talking about, people financing or buying in cash or like taking this off because they're buying a couch or there's a contingency here or like this thing needs to be fixed. And like, it's really just like, all right, can both parties come to a reasonable agreement that makes everyone happy because nobody wants to get the lawyers involved because that is just a headache. So I was like, yeah, I've been, uh, so what's kind of putting the money, the food on the table, so to speak, because real estate is, you know, it's can be sporadic. I'm Mm -hmm. luckily working through my first deal right now. Hopefully going to close the next like week and a half. Good luck, bro. Yeah, I'm excited. But um, I was, uh, or I've been uh, working as a roofing contractor, and so I've been around insurance a lot, and it is just, uh, it's wild. It's a wild field, man. Insurance and and real estate and all that stuff. But it's good to be in it because it's just so like universal. Everybody uses this stuff. Everybody, everybody ought to know like a good bit about it. Yeah, you know, it's it's strange that people don't know some of the things like. Some of the stuff, like when you're going through the class, you're like, that'd have been good to know. And like yeah. they just don't, like they just don't tell people these things. And like I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I remember two or three distinct times being like, why does no one tell people this this stuff? Like, I don't I know. Mean, bro, for, the, for one thing, it's just in one ear and out the other. I mean, with life and the day to day life of everybody, people don't. People just. They'll cho- they'll choose to care what they want to care to know about you. Well, yeah, but it's still it's like the personal finance stuff in school, or like you don't learn how to do taxes in school. Yeah. So I don't know how long before when you because you were working at the restaurant right last time we talked. Yeah, yeah. So how long before you quit that and? And you're about to close. Yeah. So I got my license. I actually just saw this today. Oh, yeah. How long between your license and first deal? Yeah, I got my license on May 1st Mm -hmm. was the day exactly. And I think we our offer got accepted like two weeks ago, like August 28th or so. Mm -hmm. So May 1st to August 28th, that's like three three months, about four months. Yeah four months exactly so i think that's pretty good because you know i don't know i one thing that i'm definitely working on is just not not basing my achievements on like if other people did it better or worse like comparatively four months is like good that like if you're able to get your first deal within that amount of time some people don't get a deal in their first year like i think it just as much though has to do with i got on with a really good brokerage i got a great mentor and like just was able to hit the ground running basically. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's so important for so many people because 
getting my license in Virginia because I think I don't know if you knew that I got my license in Virginia. As well. Yeah, yeah. So when I got it there, all love to my dad and his brokerage and stuff. So that's real estate agent too. They didn't train me for squat, man. They didn't train me at all. My dad was like a good mentor, but he didn't really understand like starting out as a new agent because when he got into the business, he already had a bunch of people around his age that he he was like uh, in his like forties. So yeah. everybody already that he knew like had money and was probably he had just people to go with off the off the bat. But for me, a living in a place I've only been in for a year, and yeah. b you know being twenty three years old now, nobody had money. No one has money to buy a house that I know. So it's no. just been like straight. And I never learned in that first brokerage how to really lead generate and prospect. Mm-hmm. So being able to learn that here and just like go ham at it, it uh it's worked out. Yeah. So how do you, so is, does the brokerage help you with the lead generation? Cause that's the part that for me is most, I wouldn't say worrisome, but also like is at the same time. Yeah. Well, here's, I guess I break it down in a few steps. Cause this is like what I've found works really well. Like just to succeed as an agent. Cause here, here, let me give you an interesting nugget, right? Sure. If you're listening, if you're listening, I want you to tune in on this one. Okay. Especially if you're thinking about getting into real estate at all. Real estate agents get to make their own schedule, right? So everybody says, so exciting, real estate agents. Oh, man, make your own schedule, live a, live a free life. Real estate agents still work the same 80 hours as everybody else. They just get to choose when those 80 hours are. And, yes, I said 80 hours because it's not – It ain't, like, for, uh, well, I'm going to be real. I don't work 80 hours, but that's just the way I heard the quote. Um, but, yeah, so when it comes to real estate, like, you can't just say – it's so awesome. I get to make my own schedule and then make your own schedule for 20 hours a week. You yeah. got to work it. Like, look, the the beauty and the fun of it is that, yeah, you can work 30 of your 40 hours in your freaking house in your pajamas. Like, yeah, it's cool. But like, you still have to do the thing. So that's the first, the first point is it's still a job, like a job. Like you still, you got to put in the hours to succeed. It go it goes with anything. You have to put in the hours if you want to, you know, be successful. At it. Number two, and there's a book I would suggest to you just starting out. It's called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. The Millionaire and, Real Estate Agent. Yeah, by Gary Google Keller. That. Gary Keller, as in Keller Williams. Okay. Keep going. And yeah, so what he talks about um, in the book, and you might have heard this just as a general statement before: proven, repeatable systems, and those are so huge and especially lead generation because by creating systems for yourself that you can just repeat each day that will there, what we call them, or at least what I've heard a lot of people when I call them by doing money making activities, because that's what's so interesting about a job like this. You're what you do does not directly correlate to money. It's not mm-hmm. like when you work a nine to five and doing the things at the job equals working your hours and making your money like not nah, you like you could wake up one day and do nothing and then you could wake up the next day and work for an hour like you know what i mean yeah it's just putting in enough money make hours of money making activities each day to then like net a result down the line and um so then the third point you know last point everybody kind of finds what works for them for me what i I guess I've always been doing since I started was open houses. Did yeah. one or one every weekend, basically. I've had a couple weekends I've missed them, but um, I've tried to do one every single weekend. And then lately, 
So what I did, and depending on your brokerage, you might have this. Mine definitely does, but we have a leads team. We are, we have a few leads teams, and I got on one. And essentially the way that works is the person who runs a leads team buys leads for the team. And there's any number of ways you can buy leads, but for us, we just have a website and th- that we pay for, and then when p- we pay for, like, traffic to be generated there, and then we uh, we get leads from that. You know, people register, hey, I'm looking for a house, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the leads team gets a cut of your commission. So it's like, mm-hmm. for us, it's, it's a nice system because I don't have to pay for the leads up front. When I get a commission, they get a cut of it, but, you know, especially for a new agent. That you still made yours. Exactly, exactly. So, um for me, the big the big ones right now is obviously social media, um, and then cold calling and open houses. And I just you know by repeating those systems every day, build a pipeline, and um, just you know continue to succeed. Yeah, very nice. The point you make about still putting in the hours is like, is so true. I think a lot of people don't consider it, but for me, that's the part that's most exciting about getting out of the nine to five. Yeah. Is is the like I want to do the work, but I want to do the work in a way that like is efficient, right? Like I don't like I had a situation with um with a customer recently where this document went through and they decided that the format needed to be changed from like there's basically a bunch of like memos, different types of memos. And they decided that it needed to get changed from one to the other. And really the only change that needed to get made was like two of the sections needed to get switched around and like the signature blocks, like one signature block needed to get added. But like, right, this is a trivial change in the practicality. Like the document still says the exact same thing. Guess how long it took before that document got approved and then not signed. It's been eight months. And it's a three-page document, right? So, like, when I'm when like the inefficiencies of like I can be efficient on my own time and I can work when I want to work. Like, I want to do the work. Like, it's most frustrating when I do the work and then there's nothing to do because people are squabbling. Like, that's annoying. Yeah. So that's what that's one of the things that is appealing to me. And and obviously that will never completely go away. Yeah. Because people will be like, well, we don't know if we want that house, or we don't know if we want this house, or like, well, this one has this sink, but that one doesn't have, like, that will never, ever go away. But also, you can have, like, a direct, like, influence on that, rather than in other situations where you cannot. Exactly. Exactly, man. I think that's beautifully put. That's the whole thing. And I tell you, you know... I'm, I'll just keep it a buck. I'm going to keep it a buck here. If you work in 95 like this and I'm talking to you, then I apologize. But, like, th- I think that's where you start getting into, you know, people who just bitch and complain all the time about, like, their job, you know. And it's so interesting to me because I look at that and it's like, then why are you there, you know. Yeah. It, it's people – and, I, I mean, I guess I used to be like this, but they will – they will choose to complain and be angry about their career before considering just changing it. Like, obviously, you, like, aren't happy being there. But, it, you know, then we you can get into the psychology of it. It's like it becomes comfortable. It, yeah, you hate it, but it's comfortable because it's all you've ever done. But it's like 
Yeah, dude, exactly what you're saying. When you are in these positions, whatever it may be, there's so many situations where you're sitting there, like you know, and ideally this is what breaks you out of it. And you're like, wait a second, I don't have to do this. And you're like, man, why am I doing all this work? Why are we, why are we going eight months for a three page document? Yeah. Like, what the heck is this? You know, exactly what you're saying. Because yeah, man, like it, you're right. It won't ever go away, but it is much easier to deal with when it's something you have a direct influence on. Yeah. Like when, it's, when it's just you. I, yeah. I'm, I'll caveat the thing of like, why are you still there? When people get older and they have kids and they need the stable paycheck, like is way difficult to change. And I was talking to one of my coworkers about, about this the other day. He was like, I wish I had done that before I had my kid, but now I can't because my wife's doing this and I have to like, right. We need like, this is good income and I don't have the, I don't have the right. Those four months before you switched and you saved your th- and and you got your first deal like that for a lot of people like you got two kids and you're like 35 and you got your mortgage and stuff like you can't afford those four months of not getting paid and so there's that issue especially right everybody knows cost of living is going up like food is expensive as hell gas is expensive as hell like it's tough it's tough and and there's a lot of people that to go back to like the financial literacy point that i made earlier like there's a lot of people that are either still in student loan debt or like didn't have the guidance or like structure to be able to like save up. Like for me, I plan for this. Like I've got enough saved up and like, yeah, it sucks that it's coming at a point where um, like the wedding's happening and the wedding's expensive, but like I'm prepared financially for this. You know what I mean? And so there's lots of people that, like, can't, right? Like, for example, I know somebody else that, like, wanted to kind of switch and then got in a car accident. Insurance is being a pain. They're not paying for his medical bills, which are, like, upwards of in, in, like, close to six figures. And so he's fighting on that. Um and then his kid is like going to to do this thing, and then he's got to pay for daycare, and then like the so it's like there it's not an option, like there's no options there, and so that's the part that like it it like I don't know, people are just in I don't know, there's a lot of people that are really struggling. Like I feel super blessed to be able to like that I put myself in the position to be prepared to kind of switch, mm-hmm. and and you did the same like. You were you were blessed enough to be able to be in a position where you could try a bunch of things, and then now you're now you're finding your your niche, and it's like, but we were lucky, in a sense. But also also we're making the most of it. So there's that too. So it's not like we're just doing whatever, right? There like there's the people that were like us that are chilling in their nine to five and they're not happy, and then there's the other people that like can't, and that like it's important to make that distinction because. Well, when you're like, I will apologize to those people. It's like some of those people would be like, fuck you, dude. Like, you don't understand what it's like to be me. Not, yeah. Not, not me. Yeah, man. No, I heard you're saying. And I don't want to, you know, speak to everybody's situation. But I, I think. I know what you mean, though. I also yeah, agree. There's always something to be said. Like, if you're always just unhappy with any aspect of your life, I think it's just, it's important to really get into that question. You mm-hmm. know? Because it's. It's too many cases, and I've I've seen it with a lot of people. And again, I'm not speaking for everybody, but just 
people who are frustrated with things in their life, but the true the true effort to change them is not there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's just important. Now, again, just like you're saying, you know, some people can be backed into corners and they're in tough spots, but it's important to evaluate. Yeah. No, I I agree wholeheartedly. I just felt like it was important to add that in there because lots of people are going through through it at the moment. But yeah, I to- I totally agree. I genuinely agree. I have I have this gripe with like so many people. Like why are you like why are you complaining if you can change it? It's like when it's like in my top like five pet peeves. Uh, maybe the may and maybe that's honestly what there is to rephrase is like the the people who can change it like do it, you know, not yeah. necessarily the ones that are, or that are with yeah. kids or just like you're saying, yeah. like that medical bills, man, they can just get absolutely insane. But if you can, I mean, before you get locked into a situation like exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly. You got to have that deep think about yourself. And I think that was one of the things, and I don't, I think you spoke to this before, but you got to look yourself in the mirror and be like, all right, something like I got to change this. I got to tweak this. Like there are things that are wrong. And like, that's a difficult conversation to have with yourself. And like, for me, I'm super blessed that I have a partner that is like, like will not like, she'll be honest and then, but honest, but not mean about it. And so, and then support you and like, she'll support me in trying to fix those things. And so beautiful, like, I'm blessed with that for sure, but that that's like a super difficult conversation to have with yourself. And it's also Wrong. not fun. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, having access to the people, like that's how I was like, all right, I'm gonna have this conversation with myself because no one wants to do that. No one's like, let me go hate myself today. Like, <laughs> like, like that's not something you wake up and you want to do. Yeah. But also, I don't know. I think you spoke to that last episode, or maybe it was the one before that you had done that as well at some point yeah man you know it's it's i feel like i guess i say covid was a time that i really reflected a lot on things um i feel like growing up man in college especially like uh i think dude there have been so many changes even since our first episode to now mm-hmm. like, like yeah i agree first episode specifically because um I had a big issue with sexual anxiety. I, I fought through that. And when we were at college, I barely got, like, with any woman, anything like that. It just was like, yeah, I haven't, lo- you know, blessed. I haven't been through any trauma or anything like that. But, like, I just really got in my own head over that kind of thing. And it really was a source of, like, unconfidence. And, you know, there have been just a lot of different eye-openers. I feel like the more you grow, like, just the more your eyes are they like open wider to life and that just continues like one thing that i've kind of been working with recently bro is physical attraction and like realizing like okay like i'm a conventionally attractive guy i don't even know what that means because i've heard there's a statistic that's like 80 percent of whatever whatever the population of the world doesn't think you're attractive like for every single person Mm. which is so then it's like okay well what the hell is conventionally attractive anyway but anyway, I consider myself like conventionally attractive, and then I but I was thinking about it, and I was like, I would agree. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. You too. You too. Uh, thanks, um, thanks, man. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, what does it even matter? Truthfully, like to to be good looking, I think it. And I'm not saying it's all about personality. That's I think that's not it. 
But, like, what matters more is just the way that you carry yourself. Because most things that come with, like, conventional attraction, like the whole concept, is kind of just an amalgamation of, like, you take care of yourself well and you have self-confidence. Like, it's the other aspects of you that make you look good. It's not, like, you looking good that makes the other aspects of you better. You know what I mean? So I, I was just thinking, like, that's that's what there is to look on. To, I think, getting back to the original point, I think I just believed I was naturally good-looking, like genetics, blah, 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 blah. And I thought that, I don't know, I guess I put pressure on myself. I thought it would carry me a certain distance. And I, re- I guess I just kind of came to a realization, like, let's put that by the wayside and just really focus on everything else because that's what makes me who I am, you know? Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think with guys especially, that it that it works that way. Like, until you, I'm I'm going to use this phrase because it's a bit accurate, but I don't like using it because it's used by like the fresh and fits of the world. Wow. The term the term high value man. Yeah. Like. Like. Fresh and fit, those two idiots, like, have created something for themselves that works for them. Like, that's fine. I don't agree with hardly anything that they say. Maybe except some of the business stuff, like, but that's different. Um, well, we anyway. Get into, like, I mean, so annoyed with people. Dude, what do you think of Andrew Tate? Everybody's fucking asking. You know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is, like, that is so much of there's so much more that goes into like people be like well i think i'm attractive why don't like why doesn't this just work for me it's like well have you taken care of yourself in terms of like even just like haircut and facial hair like is that groomed are you like you don't have to be like the rock but are you semi in shape like if you put on clothes like nobody's going to be like, oh, he's fat. Like, like those sorts of things. And there's also, like, however people want to live their life, right? But there's, there's, there's a, there's, in my opinion, there's a value that goes beyond the aesthetic of, like, how you look. And it's the fact that you've had to put in the effort to take care of yourself. So then you look that way. And I think it goes beyond that. And then it's like, how do you carry yourself? Can you have a conversation? Are you, like, like you don't have to be like Kevin Hart, but can you carry a conversation? And that's also a skill, right? I think people don't realize that that's a skill. Like even for me, right, from our first episode to now, I've gotten a lot better at carrying or having the conversation, right? Going, going where I want to go, asking, crafting a question in a way that I get the information that I'm looking for, not, not, which is different from a leading question but pinpointing the actual opinion of the person that you want to get out of them, not having it be misunderstood. Your, uh, this is a phrase that comedians use, your economy of words, like how succinct and articulate are you to get to the point that you're trying to get to? Um, increasing your vocabulary, right? Like all these things that go into mm. like you as a person and then, and then you see it in yourself. You're like, oh, I've used, I used the word succinct today. Like that's cool. Or like, Oh, I lifted a bit more than I did last week. That's cool. And all of those things kind of aggregate into you as you 
And then you, and then once you find that kind of security in yourself, then you're, you're honestly at that point, you're kind of chilling. Like even, even if your security is that, you know, you think you look great with a beard and a man bun, as long as like the man bun is shaped up, right. And like the beard is kind of shaped up and you, and like you're secure in who you are. It doesn't really, it doesn't like, not that it doesn't matter, but like, it's like, it's the, it's the security in who you are as an individual that is like, that creates like, then everything else like comes with it, right? Success in real estate. Like if you're secure with who you are, like nobody wants to buy a home with a real estate agent that's like, oh, I don't know about this. Like nobody wants that. It's interesting you say that just because, yeah, when I was an agent in Virginia, I was just much less confident. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So what's your opinion on Andrew Tate? (laughs) Dude, like, all right, so I truly never absorbed that much content from him because Mm -hmm. the way I see it is any of the good stuff that he provides, you can Mm -hmm. get from someone who doesn't also have, like, this just stupidity. Like, to me, there have been just enough – I've seen enough, like, sexist clips of him Mm -hmm. just saying, like, really just absurd things that yeah. I, I kind of like you said, like, I don't care. You know, yeah. as soon as I, to me, to be honest, when someone says some stuff like that, considering like, I follow some really beautiful minds to me. Like I, I've mm-hmm. really seen some people that I just absolutely love what they say. It's positive content. Like, uh, like I really just, I have, I'm hard pressed to like find something negative that they say that I'm like, really, it really rubs me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And when I see him say just some of the stupidity he says, dude, it's just, you know, uh, it, it just lose all credibility. And I just sure. have no reason to watch him at that point. That's it. Can I try to poke a hole slightly? I had this conversation with a very close friend of mine who is a woman. And I'm with you on the stupidity of much of what he says but I also think and maybe this doesn't have to apply to him but I also think that you can take the words that a person says and you can say yeah that makes sense and well also like if you and I are going to have an entire conversation, you can agree with some of the things that I've said and you can disagree with some of the other things that I said. And what my ideas are not me. So I'm not excusing the sexist stuff he says. The point that I'm trying to make is like, if you listen to him on like a businessy type thing, you can still, for your own self, take a nugget of wisdom from that well, not liking the rest of what he says. And that can be, uh, I don't know, valid? I don't know. Valid is not the right word. I think the reason the reason why I use him as the example is because I feel so often in our society that we've got to a, a position where it's like we don't like three things that so-and-so said, therefore we're going to throw everything else out that they've said. And I don't think that's a good situation to be in generally as like first instinct in, um, in like in society. And I don't know. So that's why I was like, like, like when you say everything else he says loses all credibility. It's like, okay, sure. 
but that doesn't like you can not listen to what he says but if something comes across um like if you're scrolling and it's a business one you don't have to skip it like you know what i'm saying yeah and and it's difficult because especially with somebody like him because he's so inflammatory and you don't and you don't want um like i'll say generally right like not great but to me fresh and fit are worse than him in my opinion in terms of the sexist stuff that they say but nobody's complaining about them so i don't know like in terms well, of they're like, just it, not as popping as him right now Right, I've I've seen like some complaints about Fresh and Fit, but I think just because he like got so viral, yeah. then obviously everybody's got fired. So interesting, man. It's like yeah, there's so many people that could be canceled. They're just not like famous enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know what I'm saying though. Because yeah. I I want I want to make that distinction because I don't I don't want this to come off as like Andrew Tate's an amazing person because that's not what it's that's not what it's supposed to be. It's using him as an example for how we deal with figures in society now yeah thoughts questions comments concerns no i mean it makes sense i guess you know on one hand i've kind of looked at it uh, under the scope of i i truly just don't care to like watch his content for that reason sure but to your point of saying, like, if I'm just scrolling, you know, why just – I might be missing out on, like, something actually good that he has to say. I heard you saying. I heard it, you saying. Well, it's not even that. That's a very simplistic way, but it's like um, – let me try and – that was a that – was a, it was a bad example. Um, well, I guess let me, let me just throw this out there. Sure. So kind of the – the point to like what I'm saying is I feel like why it's hard to find a good example in this case because like I'm just not because of those of those things I don't agree with, which I feel like strongly enough about that like like the things the inflammatory stuff that he said i I feel like I disagree with enough that like it makes me not want to see the rest of his content, and so in that case. I guess that's kind of like the weird balance. I don't want to just say I'm throwing away, you know, his content, but it's like uh, it makes me not care to like want to listen to it. And it's sure. like, okay, when when else would I encounter it? You know? Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you have to go seek it out either. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying a and I'll I'll throw this out. And I I did it this way on purpose. I listened to three of his interviews the whole way through. One with just a guy, one with just a woman, and one with a man and a woman together. I did it that way on purpose. The one, the one with a man and a woman together, is your mom's house with Tom Segura and Christina P. So right, they treated everything that he said as a joke, and that made it actually quite funny, to be honest, yeah. because the producers are laughing in the back, and I was like, oh, that's how you should take the ridiculous shit that he says. Now, that doesn't mean that it can't also be That's offensive. I, I saw I saw a quote that one time, and this is a very simplistic way, but it was like, you're offended. I find it funny. That's why I'm happier than you. And that doesn't have to like necessarily apply here. But yeah. I, think, I think generally the point of, of like, if you treat him as like 
a joke, then it almost just makes it like, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I wish, I wish more people had the, I don't know if wherewithal is the right word. I wish more people had, or, or I wish more people took the time to sort of figure out a body of work and then determine for themselves before throwing something away, if that makes sense. So I guess that's kind of where it was wrapped up. Like, I was like, this guy is saying ridiculous things, but other people are defending him. Let me figure out what is actually going on. So then I watched the interviews with the three sets, like I mentioned, on purpose, right, because of the clips that I had seen. And I was like, hmm, I don't agree with that, that, or that. And he's speaking in an inflammatory overgeneralization here. But this point about this seems reasonable. And so I can take that nugget for myself and then throw away the rest in a, in a kind of way that's like, I don't know. It's very difficult because some of the stuff that he said, I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like, shut up. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But it, it takes a level of like, like, a, like yeah. I don't have to listen to this guy. Yeah, man, I think you make a, you just, you're talking about some kind of slightly advanced like awareness stuff you know i think that's great you just you have to be able to take just like you're saying take what you want to take from from interviews you know with him with any kind of figure if you're interested in seeing what they have to say it doesn't does again just like you're saying doesn't mean you have to love the person like you can just be i could watch a donald trump interview just because i'm interested to see like what he says it doesn't mean you have to love him it just means you're yeah this is what he says but you have to kind of have the mental acuity, wherewithal, whatever you want to call it, to be able to say, okay, I don't, I don't have to love it all, and I don't like, I don't have to love the guy. But if he says something that I agree with, you you have to be able to separate the identity just from like the concept, that, like like the idea from the person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which I think you talked about before. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, that I'm using him as the larger example for society, right? You see, you see people on, on both sides say, well, this guy said one thing. And so I don't like, so I don't like it anymore. And so I'm not going to listen to any, anything that they have to say. And it's like, Mm -hmm. look at where it has gotten us. No. Yeah. You make a great point there because then, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of indirectly am like, what's the word? Like being a hypocrite to like my, political beliefs sure like politically i think there shouldn't be a party system and people should run on platforms because i think that just like you're saying like the party system separates people not because of candidates but just because of like what party you're in like if you're a republican you're um you're pro-life you hate women and you're racist and then if you're democratic you're like and you think everybody should be able to do whatever they want and like the, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's just, people don't run, like people aren't voting on like platforms. Like that's, I feel like why we get into these lesser of two evil situations is because yeah. we're not, we don't have the opportunity to just like 
get the best person. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe mm-hmm. it's a Green Party person, but we'll never know because we're voting on, on parties and not like actual figures. Yeah, exactly. Which, like no, no, people don't vote for the ideas. They vote for like just like the elevator speech of like, all right, pro-choice, gun control, uh, yeah, whatever. And then the other side, it's like gun gun rights, constitution, storming the Capitol. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah. And so, like, I, to actually, I'll dive into this, and then we can take it out of politics and wrap it up in a bit. I know it's getting a bit late, but the uh, the the problems that exist here in this country are you you cannot solve them by by just having like by only listening to one person or by only like you have to you have people have to expose themselves to ideas that they might not agree with because these problems are so complex that if we're going to get anywhere with anything meaningful not just like random gesturing like like the the thing that Biden did for student debt like he gave everybody 10k you know how much you know how quick that's going to evaporate when the the fact that they just printed 10k off everybody makes the like the dollar worth like worth less yeah. and, and then and then the, and, and then <laughs> and then the interest will just like take it up anyways and it won't matter yeah like, exactly that is that is a that is a meaningless <laughs> gesture that like if like just with right i took that apart in 30 seconds but it it passed through congress why why is that the case? Why why did no one be like, well, you know that's not actually going to work. Why? Because they well, had well, to vote. Go. And, I mean, what are we it... talking about? You could there's so many things that I feel like you could say that about and I think it's, you know, it was an easy example. human error, bro. Like everybody is so caught up in what's happening like directly in front of them that they can't yeah. zoom out and just see like big picture what's going on. Well, you know, Dude, what I'm saying, I like... tell you I heard this in just a I think it was I'm I'm taking an investing class, but uh-huh. What uh, the guy said was like political candidates run um, and create platforms for what is going to make them likable over the next four years. They don't care about like the actual, yeah, like no overall, shot. you know, state of the country long term. Yeah, none. But it's like we're 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 voting for these people to be like, hey, maybe that won't work because of the two reasons that I just said. What you got enough votes, so you're gonna push it through to like look like you did something. So people who are sitting there like, yeah, he gave us free ten thousand dollars. It's like, like which you will now spend on gas and food. Yeah, it's like what are what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? So using Tate as the example, it's like we have to interact with the ideas as their own thing, not as a not as a part of the person like you and i can play with ideas i can play around with the idea that andrew tate is super smart and like he is successful people might not agree but that's also just an an idea that somebody could play around with it's not like a i don't want to embody andrew tate that's not a good idea you know what i'm saying but you can like there's ideas that that like interact with the world that you can like think of and like the term thought experiment exists for a reason basically so i don't know 
No, that's a good point, man. That's a very well. That's a good sentence. The word thought experiment exists for a reason. Yeah. Ideas are there to be interacted with. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know. It's getting late. Any last nickels? Oh man, so many. I feel like we we talked about a lot, but we also there's so much more to talk about, man. I know. Yeah. Go through one. Maybe we. I don't know. You look tired, but we can go through maybe what one more. Yeah. One more. One more subject. What you got? Um. Let's see. Growth is big. Patterns are big. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like just what is a good subject to to get into. Because social media obviously is important that we got into growth and consistency. I mean, honestly, one thing that I've been working on and growing with a lot has been, like, women in relationships. Mm. And I think that would be cool to talk with you about just because you're, you've been in a long-term Sure. Work, yeah, go honestly. on that. Go on that, bro. Yeah, man. So, you know, one thing that I guess I've been playing with a lot. So I, I don't know how much I've talked to you about it, but since I moved, I moved basically moved to Florida, and I like the sexual anxiety busted through it. Had a very eventful like first year down here, <laughs> and um, you know one thing I realized yeah after after it all was just that like sex does not fill the void that like you think it does. And I guess and I'm glad that like I guess I've kind of realized this because dude I've I've literally seen I've met men down here very successful guys you know, of like 60 plus years of age. And it's like, they're still getting tied up by a woman. And it's like, there's just a lot of like eye-opening stuff and growth that I think it's important for men to do just to like not get like that. And one, I guess, thing that I've been thinking about that I was going to mention was yeah, this idea of focusing on yourself. You know, first of all, I feel like whenever anyone says focusing on myself, it just means I'm not getting in a relationship. But I think what is strange to me about that is, like, that doesn't mean you're focusing on yourself. It just means, like, you're not dating. You know, there's truly a difference. But I guess I've been working a lot on just awareness and, like, evaluating my thoughts and feelings when I become interested in a girl, you know, and it's interesting. Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, your point about focusing on yourself is 100% accurate. Yeah. I think right now I'm in my own relationship. We, I use the analogy, how can you fill somebody somebody else's glass if yours is not full? So you got to be always striving to be the best that you can be. So like, you both can grow together and then it like pushes everything up. Of course. Um, to your point about being conscious about your thoughts and feelings when you become interested in somebody, that's very important as well. Cause I remember times in college where I'd be like, it would, ni- it would be nice to be in a relationship and this person is interested, but it's like, am I interested in the person or am I interested in the relationship? Mm. And or like the idea of that person, like, what are they actually? Do they actually have this truckload of red flags that are like coming through? Are you actually gonna interact with with them and and enjoy it? Like, are you actually compatible, or is she just cute? Like, it, like all those things, you start to 
wonder. And that was also why I think when I first met Jenna, I was like, yep, job done. Um, because I had started to, like you said, do those things. So I think that's super important that you've realized that as well. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. It's, um, just like you're saying, man, it's interesting because there's so many little knickknacks that like go into that. It's like, okay, she's like filling a void for me. You know, is this, is this, uh, (laughs) as I get a Tinder notification, (laughs) um, uh, um, and, uh, you know, it's like, where, where, where's the feeling coming from? You know? And one thing I've realized too is how much instant gratification, like, has been, at least for me, like a struggle in the past. Being worried about, is she texting me back, you know, in a reasonable mm-hmm. amount of time? And, and she texting me back in this much time, like, what does that say about her interest levels? Like, I think as men, I, I was reading this book called The 3% Man, very interesting book. Because I feel like there's a lot of, like, men's relationship and, like, romance books out there that are come off kind of sexist. But I actually, I do rock with his book because it does have some really solid points in there. But he says, like... See, look, you're interacting with the ideas of the book, not the book as a whole. We can do that with people also. Facts. All right, keep going. Facts. Huge facts. But in the book, he mentions that men, a lot of times, we have this issue where we always want to be secure in like the woman's feelings of us like we always have to know that she is still interested and she's still into us and how does that play out it plays out in you know how we text her and um always waiting to see like when she hits us back or like things like that and um it's just it's interesting to the more conscious and aware i can be with that and say like okay like those moments where I am stressing about it or I am like thinking about a woman and I I can kind of catch myself. It's like any normal moment where you like become aware and very conscious for a minute. It's like, wait, why am I doing this? Why do I believe that my value as a human being comes from this at all? It Mm. doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, it's been very helpful to do that. Yeah. To that point, it's, your value as a human, like to to our point about being secure in yourself and who you are, that's that takes care of that part. The yeah. point about the texting thing, dude. I remember in college, I I was like, oh, she's te- not texting me back in like five minutes, and I have I have people tell me like, well, if she didn't do it in five minutes, you have to text back in six, and it's like these are the dumbest, stupid, most trivial games that like induce it's so stressful that like you're in class like worrying like like fucking pay attention bro and like talking to myself and it's like nah but what if like and so once you stop worrying about that it just become and 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 you just instead of tying your worth to like am i gonna be like does this woman want to have a relationship with me? Once you kind of not don't care, but once you're secure enough in yourself that you can be like, yeah, that's fine. Move on. That's when it's like to like everything else, all the other things will just start to come. Like it's so much. I I cannot stress the importance of of this enough just in life to be secure in who you are 
because it takes so much of the stress away. Like, for example, um, do you remember I was sweat a lot, like all the time, armpits with sweat all the time. I got this thing called sweat block and it helps. But then like after that, I just, I became more like just secure and it's a very superficial thing, but I, I had to like look myself in the mirror and be like, all right, fuck, I got to do something about this because I can't wear shirts that aren't black. Like it was, it was horrible. Even if it was cold outside. Um, and, and it still happens like in different, like that's my body's like, uh, fight or flight mode. So like sometimes this is really annoying. This is like a super, super tangent, but like sometimes when I'm at, the barber, like I go to like this Vietnamese place and they do a super good job normally. But sometimes if I'm like, Hey, can you do this instead of that? And they like, don't understand my body is like, you fucked up and I'll start to sweat. And then they'll be like, Oh, are you hot? And it's like, no, (laughs) right. And so it's something that like, you have to own it. And that's, that's one that I'm still working on because I don't really know how to deal with that. But like, I'm super pale. I own that. I just, it just is to be self-conscious about it creates another level of stress, right? You go to the beach and everybody's like, Oh, you're so pale. Like we don't even need the sun anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Right. I heard all the jokes before. So I make them first because I know it's true. And it's a part of me that I can't change. I don't plan on like, I'm not going to go get spray tan or whatever. Cause I don't just look like an orange and that's not funny. <laughs> uh, that'd be like, I'd look like Ross from friends, bro. This is, it would be horrible. Nice. Um, but you own it, and like I'm just securing it, and it's so much less stressful. Like when I was in high school, I would not want to take my shirt off, not because I was not in shape or whatever, because I was worried about people making fun of me. And like once you just the stress just melts away, and it's so much like genuinely, it's like all like all, so many of those stresses have just melted away, and it's been it's been honestly amazing like to to be able to reinvent myself in this way like i don't know i don't know it's just i i cannot highly like recommend highly enough like going through that inner battle with yourself to figure out like what you got to work on and then or like things that you're insecure about and then just kind of facing them head on because once you do that like you go through that difficult patch when you're when you're dealing with it, but then afterwards, like, it's gone. And like, if you need therapy to do it or whatever, like, but, yeah, I don't know. That's what I would say. It's just, like, to that point. And it just, every like, to relate it back to what you were talking about, then everything else just kind of falls, in the falls, falls into place. You don't stress as much, and then... And then also, I think it helps when you just, like, when you actually like somebody and you know they're not filling a void because you're calm, you're secure in you, then you don't have to worry about, is she filling a void? Am I just looking at, yeah. like, the idea of her? Then then you, because you're like, no, I know I'm good with me and I actually like her. And then you can, then you can pursue and you don't have to guess and you don't have to worry. And all the stresses of, like, is, am I interested? Is she not interested? And, like, all, all these things, like, gone yeah yeah you're right man i feel like it does just tend to fall into place when it's right but you make a great point i mean the more that i have worked on that become more secure in myself i feel like the more at peace i've been you know when it comes to that aspect of life it's kind of coincided with like real estate you know because Mm -hmm. i feel confident having something that i'm working towards and i'm passionate about and 
you know, it, it's just you just become more in alignment with yourself when you give yourself opportunities to fulfill promises that you make to yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, um, yeah, I'm totally with that. Yeah, man. That's cool. And it, it, it goes with, it goes with everything. Right. And there's always going to be bad days, always going to be bad days, but yeah. you gotta know deep down it. You put in the work and you put in the, the time and it'll pass. That's the thing. Yeah. Like people be like, Oh, today this and that it sucked and i couldn't do it. it's like they'll go remember the last time you had a bad day and then you felt happy again later like mm -hmm. it'll go you're good yeah. you're good man yeah. just go life is full of it life, yeah, life is full of all that stuff bro reflection and like being it's so interesting like being really honest about what i i know i need you know mm -hmm. like so i i smoked weed like I was kind of, I was smoking pretty consistently, you know, since I moved down here. And then for about a month ago, for about a month, I, I just kind of like didn't buy any. And like mm -hmm. I would, you know, sometimes go, I was never, I was never been like an insane like pothead. I was, yeah. I smoked consistently, but I was never like a, you know, pothead, like three blunts a day. Like all, I have to be high all the time. Like that, that was never it. But so I went like a month last month. Um, and I didn't really smoke in very much at all, just if friends did sometimes, but I didn't have any in my house. And then this past month, I got some again, and I was doing it again. But, like, a few days ago, I did some yoga. I did hot yoga for, like, 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. incredible. I love doing it. I need to start doing it more. Um, and then, so today, I just flushed my weed down. Cause, and I've also been meditating a bit more recently because I just realized, like, that it – Weed is a, like a, it's just a temporary fix kind of thing, but it honestly just like, I know deep down that it's not a plus, you know, meditation mm -hmm. plus, high yoga plus, like mindfulness plus, 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 plus. But because like those are the things that truly align us, you know, and like center us, I feel like, at least yeah. for me. But then you have the things that you know don't. You know, and it's interesting, just like you're saying with those bad days we have, I think a lot of times we can look at those and say, like, what have I actually done today that, like, is going to keep me in check? You know, I've noticed, for me, I get a lot more intimate. When I'm kind of having downer patches or times that I want more out of myself, those are the times that I, I end up getting more into my meditation and, like, reading and stuff like that. Yeah. And with those bad days, you take a, a small win, right? You're feeling down in the morning. You're like, all right, well, I'll get this one workout in and I'll do this one thing. And then like, I can know that I got my small W today, still feeling a bit down, but it's all right. Well, like we move, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, man. No, that's, that's exactly it. And it's just about like, the, I, I don't know. I've been around just so much great content and people. I feel like I've learned so much recently, but it's about, um, you know, understanding the people who succeed are the ones who can still take the small W's on the bad days. You know, it's not the, anybody can succeed when everything's great. Anybody can succeed when everything's awesome. But the people who, you know, when things are down and things are crappy and they can still find a way to kind of dig through it and, and get through the day and get done like what they need to get done. Like those are the people, that's what the, the compound effect, you know, comes into play, you know, mm -hmm. because they're doing it even when you don't want to do it. Those days when everybody else doesn't want to do it, they're not going to. 
But you can. That's what's going to set you aside, set you apart. Yeah, bro. That's a great place to end. Came back full circle. Compound effect, everything. Plug your socials real quick. Zane the Realtor, everybody. Zane the Realtor. Just Zane Burke on YouTube, but if you look up Zane the Realtor on YouTube, you'll see me. But Zane the Realtor on Instagram. There you go. Links will be in the description. Dude, always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. It's always a great time. World XP. Everybody, yeah, at World XP Podcast. He's teeing up. EJ going off. Yo, I feel like what's wild is the uh, last tidbit, but, like, like, the curve of, like, people still watching at, like, 10, 15 minutes, like, goes. Like, all the best nuggets were at the end. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'll... Put it put in the comments if you if you listened all the way to the end. Yeah, and and then if you put a comment because you listened to the end, DM me and I'll ship you a World XP soccer shirt. There we That's go. Fire, y'all. Yeah, y'all there we go. That. I don't know. We'll see. If anyone does it, I'll, I'll be stunned. I'm not gonna lie. I'll do it. You hey, you don't count. I told you right now. <laughs> Hey, if you want one, actually, shoot me a message. We'll, I'll get one down there for you. I'll like I'll ship like um a couple down for like your like your real estate team, right? It's more cost efficient for me to shoot to ship like five or ten down than just yeah. one. Like I shipped one to my to Brandon in Nashville, fifteen dollars shipping, bro, for one shirt. It's half the cost of the shirt. Yeah, like, I was my, like, my what is this, man? I was like, what is thing. this, right? He like like. Me and him been helping each other out with different things, so like he was he paid for it. But I was like, bro, what like what is this? Yeah, silliness, man. But yeah, Shipping. but yeah, if you want, if actually, actually, you should actually do that. Like, go to like the guys on your team and be like, hey, do you guys want want some of this stuff? And I'll ship like five or ten down, and then I'll leave the shipping cost just because it'll help to have the merch out there. So, yeah, um. Bro. Yeah, yeah, we'll chat. We'll chat about that later. All right, sure. this was the most unofficial ending to a podcast ever. Zane the Realtor on Instagram, World Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace. Peace.